my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hello, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, I've got a good feeling about this one. This is our New Year's episode. This is going to be coming out uh, just before New Year's Eve. What are we going to review today? Well, Dave, we're going to review the sequel to the absolute pop culture phenomenon, Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters 2 from 1989, as always, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and... Ernie Hudson. I got there in the end, Dave. Um, But, Dave, just before we go into that, are we have I'm gonna have a discussion over the twelve days of Christmas Christmas number one that released. I think that's a wonderful idea, Chris. <laughs> Mary Poppins as I live and breathe. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Dave? <laughs> what happened to the Brian Blessed kind of delivery there? So <laughs> Well, anyone, anyone who's on our Patreon, and it's on our YouTube channel, uh, get on there, the VHS Strikes Back, 12 Days of VHS Strikes Back, it's called. Um, no, what happened was I tried to sing it. You'd obviously, Dave, Dave had put down what we were going to put in, and he'd written it all on that, which was great. And he had to do the old, like we did in the band, he had to do a guide track for me, Dave, so it was in time, because I just couldn't get <laughs> the time at all. I, I could get the song, but I kept adding, like, one for your eyes only, and I'm doing it now, Dave, I'm even going into this voice. But I tried to just sing it normal, and I was well off, Dave. And you know yourself when you're off key, and uh, which happened most gigs with me. But I, I was genuinely, <laughs> I have an ear for it. So as soon as I did, I was like, this isn't right. So I did one take, it was shit. I did another take, and then for some reason, I just found this. I thought, you know what, let me just try and ham it up. So I was doing a bit of Elvis at first <laughs> in one of the other edits. So I didn't oh send all word. the people, thank God. Um, <laughs> And then I just, I, it was pure luck. I just stumbled across this sort of fucking West End voice came from nowhere. The, the thing that I despise about what uh, the American people think of our accent, Dave, you know, the hello, hello there, you know, that sort of thing. And it ended up being that day to try and keep me in key. And, and I do think it worked really well. Once I got to, and you messaged me last night, once I got to uh, five Samurai Cops for the first time, I went full on Brian Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on, but it was, it was so much fun. Yeah, because I, I, you were quite quiet at, at the first. I, I think I can hear me a little bit more at the start. And then when it gets to five Samurai Cop wigs, that's when full fucking thespian Brian Blessed comes out there. <laughs> five Samurai Cop wigs! <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I haven't told you, Dave, but I have actually got a uh, a role on West End. And I'm yeah. <laughs> just tickling the uh, back of the throat, getting it back in action. <laughs> it was oh, so, so fun. much fun, though. Oh, it was so good. I mean, I did the, the YouTube video, and you say, can, can you put something together? And I was like, yep, let's have a go. And I just sat there copy and paste it, and everything works with, you know, two Mr. Reaction Sound for your eyes, all, and all the pictures come up and everything. <laughs> I had so much fun. It was ridiculous. It was some, something completely on the fly on it, Dave, but brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And we have done an accomplishment episode, but that's a Patreon only. A big thanks to our Patreons, actually, for supporting us through the year. So if you do want to support us, guys, get over to your Patreon.com forward slash VHS strikes back and that special Christmas bonus is in there with the song but we've also are doing a full evaluation of the year that's that's been in uh, VHS strikes back awesome now Chris for Ghostbusters 2 what do you remember about this one not a lot to be honest Dave I, I've definitely seen it because I remember the, the picture goes and everything and I'm sure the goes character pushes over into the actual cartoon universe because he used to watch a lot of the Ghostbusters cartoon. Is it Goza? Goza oh, is that the, the first, first one? First one? Yeah. Is it the first one? I remember Goza in the cartoon, right, Dave? Ignore that, but just carry on. You mean Slimer? And Slimer's in it, isn't he, on the bus? No, Gil, yeah, Goza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Dave, forget that. 
I'm t- I'm <laughs> in the cartoon, I remember it. I've had a few Jack Daniels last night. It was, uh, yeah, it, was, it was a long session. And three hours after going to bed at one in the morning, Dave, um, my cat decided to scratch outside my bedroom, which the cat is oh, an outside so cat. Annoying. It, we have this, the cat's 13, and we had this long standing war in my house with Sam and Jordan where I know these animals better than anybody. And I'm not an animal person, really. We've got a dog and a cat, and I end up looking after both of them. So I suppose I'm a, an animal person by default. The, the other two love the glamour and glitz of the animals, Dave, but cleaning up the shit, feeding them most days, getting up at daft o'clock to let them in and out. Yeah, that comes <laughs> down to me. So yeah. Sam decided not to tell me, and the cat won't stay in. He's just weird. He'll stay in all day on the sofa, 12 hours, will not move. Gets to when we go to bed, he wants to go out. And Sam tries to leave him. Cat. He's a fucking little so-and-so Dave and, yeah, <laughs> and he does he scratches outside the room so about half three I'd have probably had two and a half maybe yeah it's about two and a half hours sleep the cat was fucking scratching outside Ew. and I get up at four for work Dave and obviously I'm not in work today and I literally sat on the sofa comatose no hangover or anything so we'd had quite a few Jack Daniels and Prosecco's absolutely fine but I was like this is not what I want to be doing so uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a good so so Anyway, sorry, I know we're off on a bloody a, a, a tangent there. Uh, we're completely off the subject. What we're doing today? <laughs> apologies, everyone. For what the fuck are you talking about, Chris? So yes, yeah, so I'm not really with it today, though. So apologies on the goal as a thing. But I do remember the movie. I remember, like, especially the beats of it and stuff. But it, I, I, realistically, it's not going to be one of my classics where I go, I've watched this fifty times. I haven't. I've probably watched it maybe once and twice, Dave. And I never. I remember being a kid, not really liking it. So. Um, yeah. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I remember having this one on video and, and quite enjoying it at the time, to be honest. And I remember, probably even more than the movie, I remember having the game on the Amiga. Got it at one of those... Uh, did, did you ever go, Chris? They, they, were, they were like these pirating vid, uh, meetups kind of thing. Where, where basically, there was this whole leisure club. And it was it it was opened up. You had to pay to go in. Can't remember how much it was. A few quid to go in, and everyone was just set up there with their computers and everything. No amigas, and yeah, you'd have the everyone would have their floppy disks and stuff, and you'd go around and basically all just copy each other's games. Completely no. fucking illegal, but I'd, you know it was very organised. You know, it was organised crime kind of thing. Have you ever been to one of those? No, I, I, I actually a mutual friend of our well, family of mine, Dave, our guitarist Aiden. He had an Amiga. And him and Sam's brother, before I was with Sam, when I was like sort of friends with a brother a long time ago, they used to do the same. So there was some local ones in Manchester, and say like they had the latest version of Sensible Soccer. You yeah. would just swap games with people or you'd charge them a quid or something to copy it or whatever it was. And most of the time it was three, but I think he said sometimes you get the odd person who's a bit of a dick. And it wasn't them actually usually because, you know, they weren't actually doing that. I mean, I've had quite a few discussions. But, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because you could not get away with that now. But at the time, needs must stay. The amount of games that were on these floppy disks, you, you had to go and get dodgy copies. Well, I mean, you could have paid for them or done without, of course. But <laughs> yeah, Well, yeah. This was not the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way, Dave. <laughs> so, yeah, you used to get all the latest games and stuff that way. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like I say, it's funny thinking back. How the fuck did they get away with that? But, um, yeah, so I ended up with Ghostbusters 2 and remembered playing that quite a lot. Sure, I watched this quite a lot at the time, but I kind of remember the second half of it. A lot more than the first. I haven't watched this for years and years, Chris. And, you know, letting you see my cards a little bit, it didn't quite hold up how I thought it did. Now, of course, the first Ghostbusters, your opinion of that was pretty dim, wasn't it? You know, and, and uh, you, you went on the Comics on trial with Scott, uh, got your ass handed to you, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, it's only for that. <laughs> <laughs> but but you you've got no love for the first one anymore, have you? 
No, but but I will be honest with you, Dave. The fucking first one's like a masterpiece to this fucking effort. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 is a fucking disgrace as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I didn't like Ghost. Just just because I don't think Ghostbusters has aged well. It was a movie I loved as a kid. And I, I, I think that was it. I always watched the first one. I always used to stay clear the second one. I think we had a copy of it on video. And I just wasn't into it. I, just, I knew it wasn't a good movie. So maybe I've gone a bit early, Dave, and a bit, maybe I've... I've uh, underscored the original Ghostbusters because uh, this is not a good movie. And I agree. I, I, I mean, there's a few things I want to talk about in it. And again, it does centre around fucking Jimmy Savlon, fucking Bill Murray, Dave, I've got to say. <laughs> God, not again. So, I mean, I, I think the thing is, for me, I still had quite a lot of love for the franchise. In between, I mean, this had gone five years, hadn't it? There were all kinds of uh, disagreements internally. I, I think the guy who's in charge of the studio didn't really want to push this movie at all, and then people weren't available. So that's that's why after the massive success of, of the first Ghostbusters, they should have followed that up pretty quickly with the sequel, you'd have thought, you know, financially, that, that would have made sense. But... You know, the other guy was more into like his world cinema and independent films and things like that. And so, you know, the, and he, he had quite a dim view of Ghostbusters himself. So, you know, and, and other big blockbusters, I think. So it was only when a new guy took over that he kind of, you know, he tried to get them back on board and ended up having a bit of a, you know, clear the air talks with, uh, you know, Aykroyd and Murray and what have you. I, th- I think the guy had said something like Bill Murray, Oh, what did he say now? He said something like, you know, he gives nothing back to the craft. You know, he just takes, as an actor, he just takes and he, he doesn't give anything back. So, um, so yeah, the, the new guy had to do some rapid backpedaling. But I think because the cartoon came out a couple of years after the movie, the real Ghostbusters, I think that still kept it in people's heads. You know, they, they was... There was still, you know, Ghostbusters was still very much there. It was getting played on video. You had the cartoons as well. So when it came out, I still think the franchise was pretty popular. But, yeah, I think the fact that I don't remember that much about it and it's not viewed, you know, too well by most people, that, uh, yeah, it says a lot about it, doesn't it? It does really because I mean Ghostbusters is an absolute phenomenon, Dave. Isn't it? And obviously, our good friend Scott loves it, uh, despite what I say. And he ripped me to pieces in comics on trial, didn't he? So on comics in motion network. So um, yeah, I think to be honest, the first movie created it, created this world. Everyone's like, "Oh, great! This is brilliant." The cartoon was the one for people our age. I think I might be I'm not trying to speak for you, Dave, but I know, especially I was really into that. The Ghostbusters turtles which you've talked about before yeah, yeah around that time really was into it and i think the cartoon was the flag bearer for the show and then obviously we get the sequel but yeah i mean they did some of the stuff you've said about bill murray already is what i want to talk about it's not about his character this time as in being a sleazeball day but mm-hmm. just his overall performance so yeah i i I have a big problem with it this time and that's not because i've gone out looking for it but yeah it's mm-hmm. a very bizarre film Yeah. Well, let's get into our trailer. Let's go. At the stroke of midnight, on New Year's Eve of the last decade of the 20th century, America's largest city is about to pay for the nastiness of its inhabitants. When that day comes... When the slime starts to rise. The Titanic just arrived. When ghosts start arriving by the boatload. We gotta find the guys. There's only one thing to do. Look out! Look out! Sometimes weird things happen. Someone has to deal with it. And who are you gonna call? Alright, suck in the guts, guys, with the Ghostbusters. The superstars of the supernatural are back to nuke the spooks. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast and they be slow. Make some time. Don't put any of those old cheap moves on me. No, no, no. It's 
different. I have all new cheap moves. Raise your spirits. If we don't do something by midnight, you will be remembered in history as the man who let New York get sucked down into the tenth level of hell. And kick some slime. Looks like a giant jello mold. I hate jello. Oh, come on. There's always room for jello. Happy New Year. Bosom. Ghostbusters 2. You're short, your belly button sticks out too far, and you're a terrible burden on your poor mother. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson in an Ivan Reitman film. Ghostbusters 2. We're the best! We're the beautiful! We're the only Ghostbusters! Yeah. We're back! Who you gonna call? Now, this is set five years after the Ghostbusters saved New York City from destruction by the demigod Gozer. And the Ghostbusters themselves, they're being sued for property damage that's, that was incurred and, and basically barred from investigating the supernatural. Ray and Winston work as unpopular children's entertainers, and Egon is working in a lab experimenting with human emotions. And Peter Venkman hosts a television show about psychics. Now, Chris, what do you make reckon to the opening of this one? Fucking rubbish, Dave. I'm not holding back on this. Um, straight in there. Straight in. <laughs> what I found weird about it is obviously Ray and, and uh, Winston are the first two of me at the kids' party. The kids' party basically taking the piss out of them, aren't they? They've got the music on, I don't believe in no ghosts and all that. And then. Um, he man, don't they? Yeah, he man, you know, Skeletor. <laughs> they want all them um, Ram man, but yeah, it it doesn't. I don't know what it is, Dave, about this movie, but from the get go, it doesn't feel the same as the first one. And I, lo- I say, I love the first one. It was just so poor this time watching it all these years later. The first one's so much better than this, and I think what really, really winds me up is obviously we see them at the party, we see a bit of Egon. Uh, we do see a bit of Sigourney Weave with the baby. The baby sort of goes on a little jolly jaunt on its own, doesn't it, Dave? Because it's sort of like mm, getting possessed yeah, yeah. type of thing. It's in New York. Love the city. Obviously, you know, at last, Dave, the, the sad thing is, as we're recording this, a year to the day, I went to the Ghostbusters house. That, that's that's nice, the truth. Nice, yeah. nice. So, so we're recording this on Christmas Eve, and Christmas Eve, I went to uh, Carrie Bradshaw's house, the Friends' house, uh, Staten Island, 9-11, Brooklyn Bridge, and we ended up at Ghostbusters. We did 14 fucking miles day that day, walking. It was <laughs> horrendous. My, my feet are still recovering now. But, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that recording this now. I, I didn't even, I've literally just come across that now. But, yeah, it was Christmas Eve. We were there, and I have the picture stuck outside the Ghostbusters firehouse, which is still a, a firehouse now. I mentioned that on our Ghostbusters review, the first one. But yeah, I, what I've, I have a real problem with is Bill Murray. Bill Murray is is like breaking the fourth wall through this whole movie. It, it, you know, like obviously he's cocky and he's always that sort of sloth, lazy guy, isn't he? and he? And I know he was a proper sleaze in 84 and he cleaned up his act slightly in this because even Sigourney Weaver cottons on, she goes, I'm not funny for some of your sleazy moves. And he went, oh, I've got new ones. So there's a couple of bits where I sort of smirked. I was like, oh, that's not bad. He, he, it, He's a bit more aware of his character. But all the way through, I thought Bill Murray, Dave, was completely disrespectful to everybody. And when you said that about him not giving anything back, I feel he was taking the piss out of the audience, his, his co-stars. I don't know what it was about his performance. And I love Bill Murray. I love Groundhog Day. And I love that film. We'll have to do that at some point. But I, I just felt this was literally... Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I did, honestly. Groundhog Day is a brilliant film. I've got you, babe. I love that. A movie, but this this for me, Dave, was him literally playing it by numbers for the money because I I, I feel his performance through it is just taking the piss out of everybody. Um, I what I would say is I did think he'd dial back the sleaze. Yes. So I mean, he was particularly sleazy in in the first one, as as you know, even Scott agreed, didn't he? Um, but that was just part of his character. I didn't think. I, I thought he was a bit more charming. He was written to be a bit more charming in this one. He's kind of nice to the baby, isn't he? You know, I mean, this is five years after New York, so let's not forget, you know, they saved the world. 
Everyone got a standing ovation, lots of claps, you know, including Dana when she came out. So they'd obviously had some kind of relationship, you know, at some point then. And in between then, in five years, Dana's broken up with Venkman, gone off, met someone else, got married, had a kid and got divorced. She's been fucking busy in in five years, hasn't she? It's a hell of a five years, aren't they? Yeah. But um, I, I think... Yes, getting back to Venkman, though, I do feel like he was sort of sleepwalking through it. And, and that's maybe what, maybe what you're talking about in terms of taking the piss out of everyone. I, I just felt, it felt to me like he knew he was the star, but he just couldn't be asked. He was yes. just sort of walking through it. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. That, I, think, I think that's an absolutely perfect... Um, description of how I felt his performance was there. I'm not a fucking... Look, I'm not a bloody there understanding the craft of acting and stuff. But far from it. I'm sure he was doing a bit, but I agree. What you've just said is exactly right. He was just fucking blagging it all the way through and very arrogant. He he, he seemed... It's hard to describe this. It seems like he was being more arrogant, Bill Murray, and Peter Venkman, and I could see it in his performance, you know, as if say, well, they're just going to lap up whatever I do anyway, so I'm just going to dick around, and that's that's how I felt watching it, which I felt like Dan Aykroyd again, he was probably one of the strongest ones in the first one, he was, I always used to, I wasn't a big fan of him as a kid, I love Venkman, but I, I, I sort of go more towards Dan Aykroyd, knowing that he's written it and all the other stuff, I think that's great. Yeah, so him and Harold Ramey, obviously. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, I think I think you're right. I think probably they, between Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramey, they, they're probably two of the stronger ones, aren't they? Yeah. You know, I do like how uh, basically you know, Egon's running these psychological experiments and just he's got that couple in there and, you know, he's, he's just essentially trying to piss them off to breaking point, isn't he? He's like, turn up the heating. Uh, you know, this person's now going in to tell them they've got to wait a bit longer. Just messing with people's psychology as, as part of these experiments. But if I compare it to the first movie, it started with a bang straight away, pretty much, didn't it? You have yeah. that opening in the library, and then you have the, they disturb the old woman and decide, it's a good plan to Russia. And then she turns into that, you know, skeleton type ghost thing. And it's a bit scary, isn't it? You know, and you get some, some music and then it, it's straight in there. And, and I do think, you know, for, for what, what we said negative about, you know, Venkman's character, the, the movie is just charming. And I think the way this one starts off, it, it does feel the whole thing just feels a bit lazy because you, in terms of a story, okay, I can kind of buy it that, that they're being sued. Um, everyone's forgotten about them. I mean, it's only five years. This, I think Chris, this is like, uh, this is like star Wars. This, this is like 30 years after the Jedi have been decimated. They're now an ancient religion. (laughs) So 30 years classifies as ancient. I think this is the same kind of thing because they were, everyone's hero and save the world literally five years ago. And now they're going in doing children's parties and everyone hates them and wants He-Man. I, d- I don't know if that's more of a meta thing that they're saying, you know, uh, in terms of the general public in 88, 89 time, you know, people have kind of forgotten about Ghostbusters. They're the old news. Now it's all about He-Man and things like that. But, um, I mean, one thing I did remember, Chris, is that iconic painting? Yes, and you know it, it is quite quite haunting. Now, this the the actual guy, so Vigo, is the big bad in this one. He's played by Willem von Holmberg, and he's actually in Die Hard. Chris, he's he's one of uh, Alan Rickman's crew. Oh, is it? Or Hans uh, oh, Hans Gruber, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the baddies. He's one of those, yeah, he's one of the goons. Now, he had a good voice, didn't he? Mm. Well, I think he might have done, <laughs> because it was the old fucking Christopher Reeve job, right? The actual voice was Max von Sydow's, or Ming the Merciless there. Uh, but no one told Willem, and oh, so he no. went to the premiere. 
<laughs> fucking Superman one in it, Dave. Who <laughs> <laughs> played Christopher Reeve and then finds out that bloody Christopher Reeve's overdubbed his voice. So old Willem turns up to the premiere and then storms out when <laughs> he finds out it's not his bloody voice. That's not good. Max von Sydow was in uh, Force Awakens. He's, he died, didn't he, early on this year? But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise he was Ming the Merciless, Dave. Uh, got me questioning now. No, no, he might yeah, be. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, Merciless, yeah, I, just, yeah. I just didn't realise it was him. That's so bizarre. That He had, he had a hell of a career, though. Hell of a career, uh, yeah. Max von Sydow. But I, th- I think as well, that, that picture, you're right, that picture... Is the, is the standout thing. Obviously, in the first one, we had the, the, the funny Marshmallow Man Slimer, you know, the, the car, all that stuff, Ecto-1 and all that. I think you're right. I think this this feels more of a cash-in, and, and the actual um, the story behind it is pretty similar to the first. Obviously, again, for some reason, it centres around Dana Sigourney Weaver. I tell you, I hate Dave. Is that Peter McNeil? He was that of Ali McBeal, who plays Janos. That accent yeah. is terrible. It's like he's fucking doing a Borat accent. Obviously, before I Borat, don't actually, I don't actually know what it's supposed to be. I don't know what it is. It's he, he's supposed to be some camp European guy, isn't he? I don't know if he's supposed to be like German or Russian. I, I don't know, but he is terrible in this movie. He really is bad in it. <laughs> He got quite a lot of uh, praise actually from this movie, but I I don't know I don't I don't know if I find his character annoying or him annoying. I, I'm mixing up the two, but <laughs> I've, I've never liked him either. I mean, Sigourney Weaver is a tall lady, isn't she? Yes. And you've got this little fucking <laughs> shorty who's trying to chat her up. And the weird thing that I find, Chris, is when when he gets kind of electrocuted you know the painting kind of comes to life doesn't it gives him a bit of a zap i can't really tell if he's supposed to be possessed or not yes yeah i I had a problem with that i I didn't understand that at all because he 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 didn't change in his persona i thought he was going to change into this really strong nasty bastard part of vigo's personality was inside of him and he didn't did he no, he was just his, himself. And even later on, he's kind of having a conversation with, you know, with Vigo in the painting. And he's saying, you know, because Vigo basically, you know, he needs to inhabit the body of a baby so he can come back to life. And Vigo's saying, well, you know, if, if you're going to do that, well, can I, have the, can I have the woman? Can I have Dana? You know, so he's bargaining with him. So he's not possessed. But when the story demands it, he kind of appears to be possessed. And I just yeah. found that horribly inconsistent. Yeah, and you know what, Dave? It's very true because when the painting, when Vigo actually zaps him once, and I mean just once, he literally accepts everything. He doesn't run out and go, holy fuck, what the hell is his picture fucking zapping me? He literally just goes, right, yeah, no problem, I'll get you, baby. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no problem, yeah, just fucking electrocute me. I'll just go and rob a baby for someone. But... I don't know that that bit was just ridiculous, and and then it went on. He had like he had like the, the candle bit, didn't he? Like he was doing a cult thing, talking to Vigo and all that, and trying to get him back. I, I think the one, the only bit of the movie which did make me chuckle was at the start was the psychic bit on his show, Venkman, and that woman goes, "The end of the world is singing." I was possessed by a man, and it, I met him in a bar. I wasn't with my husband. <laughs> went back to a room, and, and Venkman does look at the camera and say, "Fuck off!" Yeah, it no, come on. If Bill Murray's great at anything, it's that like it's yeah, it's that knowing look, isn't it? It's like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Come yeah, on, I, we all I, know I, this, Dave. Dave, that is one of the best excuses ever. Get caught with your pants down. I was possessed. I'm sorry, yeah. I was possessed. It wasn't me. Was, it was an out of body experience. Yeah, fucking yeah, whatever. I, I did like that. I hold my hands up. That is Bill Murray 101, Dave, breaking that fourth wall, which he obviously is doing it within the show, isn't he? Of the, of the, you know, we think he's looking at us, but he's not. He's doing it because he's recording live TV. But I, I did, I did enjoy that. And then someone says to him, um, you know, people think you're a fraud. And he goes, I am. <laughs> that was the two bits that got me in the movie. But the rest there, because. What I found weird was Bill Murray did not have the Ghostbusters suit on at all. He totally disassociated himself from the guys pretty much until they got out of prison. And I'm not, I'm not trying to jump too far. I, I found that weird because he, he literally, it felt like he didn't want to be part of the gang 
And I can't work out that was intentional or not until the end, and he had to be to save everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, they were trying to make him a bit more sophisticated, a bit more of a nicer guy. Like he's taking Sigourney Weed, Dana for meals and all this stuff. And his whole reaction, but 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 the madcap stuff that was going on was just stupid. It wasn't funny. Like that, and they go down the sewer. You know, and you've got Winston goes for one, and then you've got um, Ray and uh, Egon. They go in, and they've got them, like, um, pyjamas on from, like, Lauren Hardy or something, or from, from the 30s or 40s. Uh, you know, the, the whole Long John's outfit and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, Dave, we do get one of the best bad guys of one of the greatest, shittest movies ever out of No Old's Bar, don't you, we? You're going to talk about Kurt Fuller, aren't you? He's <laughs> <laughs> <It was> terrible. <laughs> he's basically the same character in this, isn't he? He's just yeah. this fucking sleazeball who's got a, a, a paper thin uh, motivation, hasn't he? He just, for some reason, just hates the Ghostbusters. Now, what I would say though is when they find this kind of mood slime, you know, in this abandoned railway tunnel, and and Ray nearly gets caught up. These Ghostbusters do not give a shit, do they? Because they just start fucking drilling through a, a bloody <laughs> in the middle of a road yeah. with no, yeah. with no permit or. Anything, and they're just like the cops coming along, and you know what? What are you up to there? And they're just blagging them, and and just uh, yeah. So so actually, now I'm thinking about it. I guess if you were a city official, you would fucking hate the Ghostbusters because they just go go up causing want you know fucking public damage everywhere. Yeah, that that was quite a weird segment, and how I know they were doing it to try and get rid of the police and that. But how bad was that scene when they were doing the New York accents, Dave? The same thing where they come, the copper comes, yeah. then the f- official. I like ours, isn't it? Oh, hey, well, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you get yellow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, but the thing is, we're English, so we can get away with it. I'm not saying Americans. I mean, it's like us, isn't it? We have regional accents that we we can do impressions of. You could probably do Mancunian. I could do a Scouse accent. They're not going to be perfect, are they, Dave? But we will get them in the neighbourhood. I get they were over exaggerating, but it felt too much the other way. You know, like really ridiculous. You know, you know what I found particularly strange right so so again some of the the designs of some of the ghosts in the first one like slimer you know it's a bit it's obviously like a a muppet you know or or a puppet you know whereas other ones are just very human looking when the ghostbusters are, are being sentenced by the judge who does a massive fucking 180 when the ghosts show up but the ghosts do show up and then he recognizes them straight away as two yeah. brothers that he sentenced to death. And I'm like, I'm watching Muppets Christmas Carol here. <laughs> it's just clearly Muppet. It was them two guys, the old guys, wasn't it? Waldorf and fucking whatever they were called. Dave. Stat- Statler and Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf, yeah. That's what that's it reminded me of. And he straight away he reckoned that they look nothing like human beings. And he just released the thingy twins. And I'm like, oh, fuck <laughs> off. And it's one of those, isn't it? It's like... All right, we're, we're watching a, a, a make-believe movie, but that it felt that took it too far away from reality for me. Yeah. You know, it had to in the first one. It sort of made it a bit believable. You know, the like I say that some of the design of the ghosts were a bit silly, but a lot of them were just very human and and. I don't know, the the fact that he recognised these brothers, and then, of course, you know, he's just been tearing strips off the Ghostbusters, a couple of ghosts show up, and then he, he'll fucking drop his trousers for them, you know? He's <laughs> fucking yeah. wanting, you know, them to, to basically just sort it out. Meanwhile, you know, like you say, old fucking uh, Kurt Fuller there, who's, who's playing uh, like a city official, still absolutely hates them, doesn't he? For for no in you know for no reason at all probably other than just you know digging up the place, but decides you know even though these ghosts show up and cause this wanton mayhem, decides to throw them in the in the nut house and yeah. it's like why would you do that? Yeah, you, do. you you know what though, Dave, and I'm going to be controversial, and I love Scott. I hope Scott's listening to this, Dave. But in the two movies, right? I know obviously the baby's under threat. And even with Rick Moranis, when he gets attacked by that, that, that dog thing, doesn't he, in his apartment, that? In the first but, one. Yeah, but all the people in New York are fucking stupid because they all go, like, it's, they go to a concert. Everyone turns up and claps. Now, <laughs> yeah. if someone says to you, 
there's a guy down there with a fucking gun or a, or whatever. There's a, whatever there is. The first thing you're going to do is go the other way, Dave, aren't you? You're not going to go to it. But in New York, in this this New York, in this movie, every fucker's there like the, the, the big celebrity. Yeah, because. And I'll tell you <laughs> why, Dave. The ghosts don't do anything to anybody. It's not like they kill anybody or they do anything. They just scare people and like even a haunted house or something. You're like a proper 50s movie. They don't. In the whole two movies here, there's nothing to me. We don't see anyone get killed. I know it's a PG, but there's no threat realistically to life as such, other than this Vigo at the, with the kid. But everything else, the two Waldorf and Sadler guys, that you know, the, the, the people we see through the movie, they're not a threat. Even Slimer's driving a fucking bus, Dave, you know what I mean? So it's like... It's all, Rick Moranis, isn't he? Oh, yeah, hopefully it's when he became a goodie because he was with him in the cartoon. Money he was a good guy in the cartoon, yeah. Slimer. So, so it was literally because of the cartoon they put him in the movie. Yeah, he was that popular, wasn't he, Dave? Everyone yeah. had the figures, and every, I, I think I had a, a little figure of Slimer. Cause, you know, I think I had Venkman as well, as a, a little, because he had the proper figure, didn't he? I didn't have the X01. My mate had that. He always wanted that, Dave, I must admit. But um, yeah, I, I don't know about you. What do you think of that? Because I, I just feel like watching it now, it's like, but they're not really a threat to anybody. They don't do anything, really. No, I mean, I, I'd said in the first one, hadn't I, that basically, you know, Slimer's just, he's just grabbing a hot dog. <laughs> or, or yeah. 10 he's not actually doing anything he's not going he's not bugging anyone most of the ghosts just aren't they're not even frightening like intentionally frightening people now to be fair or vigo there is trying to take over the world and then gozo is trying to take over the world but most of the ghosts are, are just happy just chilling out and just being part of the part of the scenery aren't they (laughs) (laughs) you said it about the woman at the start reading the book didn't you she didn't do anything they just imagine chris you you yourself forget the ghosts you yourself are just fucking stood there reading a book and then three douchebags just start to fucking try and jump you (laughs) you're gonna bite back a bit aren't you of course you are, Dave. You're going to fucking... The, the old Hulkamania top's coming off then, Dave. It's on, isn't it? You, you'd be the same. You would be, wouldn't it? I, I, think, I, I think the one thing in this movie, and I forgot about it, so because they did the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, so obviously um, Vigo gets, sends a ghost, actually, to come and get Dana's baby. Oh, Oscar. My heart was in my fucking mouth, though. When the baby stood at stood on the, on the end, end there. And it was walking, which was unusual, because he was about four or five months old, wasn't he? But, yeah, that, and he, obviously for the movie, they did it all. I was the same, Dave. I was the same, like, oh, fucking hell. But the, the ghost comes and takes him away. But Dana, she's not that arsed that a baby's been captured, Dave. You, you know, you would be absolutely distraught, wouldn't you? You would. You know, God's only true. You touch wood, it never yeah. happened for anyone. But you wouldn't. A bit like Kevin McAllister's dad in Home Alone. What? We've left him. We're in Paris. He's in Chicago in the house. He's only eight. Ah, fuck him. We'll get a, we'll get a thingy tomorrow. Don't worry about it. He's fine. Yeah, whatever. And, and that's how he feels with her. But the one bit that I think is fucking atrocious is when all this happens and they're like, right, this ooze stuff, we've, we've got like a... Um, an antidote, we, we've got this other sort of thing which which will suppress it and get rid of this mood thing, is let's go and get the Statue of Liberty. And I forgot all about that scene. And because they did the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, they had to do something else. Yeah. And it's fucking terrible. That is... Honestly, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely nonsense. And she's even got, I mean, Egon says, I can't put Nikes on him, Ray, because of his, (laughs) the tread or something. But I was just like, people were accepting it. The fucking Statue of Liberty is walking down fucking (laughs) Fifth Avenue or wherever it is. I'm just like, oh, I'm out. I'm out at this point, Dave. I'm just like, this is fucking shit. It, It does feel. I don't know whether it's just rushed or lazy, yes. this script. Um, but, I mean, they'd, they'd gone. I, I think what um, Aykroyd and Raimi were trying to do, they were trying to, you know, tell a story about, you know, people just being nicer to each other. You know, uh, uh, getting towards the late 80s, everyone's being a bit, you know, selfish and not very nice to each other. The old Gordon Gecko, you know, greed is good, all that kind of attitude. And so they were trying to tell a kind of story. And so I think that's where this kind of mood slime comes from. But basically, they've gone from a, a lab experiment where they had a jumping toaster 
to thinking, you know, they've now got a walk-in remote control Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and again, the old backpacks, I couldn't quite work out, you know, because they sometimes they shot slime, sometimes they were the old style, you know, plasma streams. And it was just, it was just a bit weird. But <clears throat> again, all the, like you say, all the New Yorkers are crowded round. It seems, you know, they, they, they're a tough crowd, aren't they? They either fucking love the Ghostbusters or hate them. No, there's a few, there's a few ghosts turn up. It's like, oh, let's, uh, you know, let's not, um, let's not enjoy some time in with the family. Let's go and cheer on the Ghostbusters. That's what and, I mean. Uh, sure, it'll all go well. They're putting themselves <laughs> in danger, right? In this fucking guy could potentially take over, the, you know, the whole planet and all this stuff. And he's trying to come back to, to a life form and New York looks like it's on its ass. And everyone's just cheering like they're at some fucking Celine Dion concert or something. <laughs> there. It's just <laughs> fucking stupid. But that really jars with me, that bit. I, I, I yeah. just thought it's terrible. It really is. A, it's, and I I think you're right, Dave. You've hit, you've hit the nail a few times. Here. I just think it's lazy writing. It's just something that it might have been a script that, like you said about being in limbo for five years, they may, might have written this script as the first one came out and just never changed it. And, thought, and it may have worked in 85, but not in 89, I think. I think it had just aged five years was a lot. No, I think they only kind of, I, I reckon it's more likely that they only put together this script in 88. I reckon they've knocked together this script quickly. You know, after smoothing everything over with the studio and whatever, knocked together a quick script, shot it, released it. Fuck it, that'll do, as uh, Noel Gallagher said about the, the third album. <laughs> a, bit, a bit like our fucking Christmas number one day. <laughs> exactly like our Christmas number one. <laughs> one take, that'll do. Yeah. Um, Oh, mind you, you said you did a few, didn't you? It was one take for me. Um, yeah, anyway, well, we, we were talking about 10, weren't we? Remember? <laughs> I, I was thinking of doing that because I was, I was going to make it like a whole football crowd type thing, but uh, I must admit, i tell you what, Chris, right, digress in a second, for a second. I found myself quite out of breath, you know, thinking <laughs> by the end, by about halfway through, I'm like, fucking hell, I might have to take a, I might have to pause this and take a breath. <laughs> so uh, I, I just found myself getting really uh, out of breath with it. We're getting old, David. But I tell you what, though, Chris, you're saying about Dana, she should have been a lot more beside herself, um, you know, than she actually was. But the worst example of that is where basically you've got the baby, you know, lying there right in front of the painting, right in front of Vigo. And she stood there with this short-ass little fucking doctor. They've both got party hats on. And she's just she's just stood there looking at the baby. Yeah. You'd be going fucking nuts, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. she accepts a lot. And the thing is, Dave, Sigourney Weaver's a good actress, isn't she? Yeah. She's not fucking shit. She, she, she's, she's a good actress. And, and honestly, I just find the whole thing bizarre with her. She, she, she really does not play it by numbers, but they don't use her again at all, do they? It's, it's a bit disrespectful. She's done Aliens at the start of the 80s and stuff, and Alien Aliens. And then you come to this, and you're like, this is fucking nonsense. This is just like, she's totally under... Because it was, as much as what I think of the first movie, there was a good dynamic with Venkman, wasn't there? Like with, with Bill Murray. She had a little bit of good chemistry. Yeah. And, yeah, and they yeah. didn't use her. She was just literally a background part person. She was just basically the mum of the kid. And, and it was a shame, really, because they could have done the old possessing her again, or she, she does something. Because you would run through a brick wall for your kids, wouldn't you? That's what, that's yeah. what I'm really daft. You'd be going fucking mental, wouldn't you? You'd be kicking, screaming, scratching, fucking doing anything to try and save the baby. And and the fact that she just stood there with a fucking party hat on while you got fucking short ass with a shit-eating grin on, <laughs> I, I just found fucking bizarre, shit really. grin. <laughs> But, you laugh when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the for the story, they're saying they have to use the Statue of Liberty so it gets goodwill from everyone. So the old mood slime, everyone was too kind of uh, down and depressed and a bit miserable. So you know, the, that allowed them to open up that 
bit in the roof, didn't it? And then they yeah. kind of climbed down from that. I mean, again, massive fucking stretch just so they can get the equivalent of the staple of Marshmallow Man. But then they get in, and they, again, Chris, so this they've decided this mood slime, it reacts to, to moods. So, it, you know, or sometimes it, it just makes ghosts pop up. They get in there, and then they decide to, to zap the doctor there. Uh, oh, what's his name? Doctor... I had it a minute ago. Yanos. Let's, let's call him Yanos. Dr. Yanos. So they spray him in mood slime. And then he comes around like he's like, oh, what happened? Well, I, why am I covered in this slime? You know, have I been to a Michael Barrymore party? Um, <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dave. I wonder if it's in that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to throw you off occasionally. But what, what, Chris, made them think that was a good idea in the first place? And why does it fucking wake him up? And why is he acting now like he's possessed when he was just essentially acting like himself before? I don't know. I... I, I think that's where the inconsistency is, Dave. It, it's literally just him himself. I, I think he's just a really bad actor in this. Anyway, I think he's a good actor. I've seen him like Ali McBeal. He was a right little bastard in that. I remember watching that. We used to love Ali McBeal, me and Sam. But yeah, he's a very, very poor in this. He must be one of his first acting gigs, realistically. But I, th- I think as well, Dave, the, the logic behind it all is like, well, it was never going to work anyway, was it really? Let's be honest. In real life, and, and even in the movies, the whole pretense of this, and we can stretch this universe as much as you can do whatever you want to New York, it just didn't work at all. And the budget was, was it 30 to 40 million on this, Dave? And I can't for the life of me tell you where that went. Well, it's got, you've got a lot of animation effects in there, haven't you? Um, so, you know, and, and I imagine just to get those back, um, you know, the, the main team, the main cast, I, I reckon would, you know, in 89 would have cost you quite a bit as well. So, I mean, it does seem quite expensive, but I think it, you know, it was a disappointment and it essentially killed the franchise for a while, didn't it? It's been yeah. resurrected in recent years and uh, obviously we're going to see Afterlife next year, aren't we? Or in theory we are. So, yeah, um, yeah well, I tell you what, Chris, I spotted a little cameo in there. Did you spot Cheech Marin? Yes. When the Titanic was raised, he was there, <laughs> wasn't he? I realised straight away who it was, Dave. It was one of his first ones because th- that was pretty good, that. <laughs> Boss, you're not going to believe this. The Titanic's just stopped. <laughs> and all the ghosts come out. That was good. Really? Never. <laughs> <laughs> It was good. It was good, that. I'll give him that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like I say, it must good. have been pretty cheap at that point. But, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they they kind of managed to, to get this this uh, Vigo back. You know, he, he tries to possess the kid. They rescue the baby. And then, you know, he ends up being this demon. I forgot that he'd kind of possessed Ray for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that because he, he kept looking in his eyes, didn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was, yeah. 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 I, I'd forgot that as well because he turns around, doesn't he, at that one point, Ray, and he's gone all dust till dawn because yeah. he's looking at him. It's very strange, that. Very strange. Well, again, though, I think the, the fucking slime seems to save them or, you know, again, just a bit weird how that worked on him. I, I Yeah, I just didn't get it, this end no. bit, how no, they kind of got him. And look, Dave, we, we have to do it, don't we? We do all this stuff um, because it, it's what it's about, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, it's the, the end. I, I class the Ghostbusters, if I'm being honest, Dave, as the first two movies. I'm not interested. A bit like Beverly Hills Cop. I love Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And I've got all three of them on a, a special collector's edition. It's a DVD, actually, not a Blu-ray. The third one, I fucking hate. And I love the first two because the first ones, they're gritty. These, are, these gags that are relative to the world, but it's quite serious. The second one goes a bit more slapstick, but it's still serious. And the third one's just a fucking joke of a film. <laughs> Eddie Murphy just completely ballses it up, which I know they're making a Netflix uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4, actually, because he's just done Coming to America, funny, hasn't he? Have you seen the trailer, by the way? No, no, I've not seen no, it The yet. trailer's pretty good, actually. 
he gets dressed up again. I used to love coming to America. But um, anyway, back to this. This feels like it's just these two movies. Even the one, I mean, the one with Chris Hemsworth's okay. And I know the one they're going to release next year. You know, we see the car and I've seen the bits of the trailer, little teasers. I'll watch it, but I'm not holding out much hope. It's sort of like passing the baton on, isn't it? Because Bill Murray in that's fucking 70-odd. So they can't have him come back. Well, they, they'll, do, they'll do what they have been doing with all these franchises recently, won't they? You know, they'll they'll bring in someone new. You know, they'll have the old older characters there for the nostalgia, bring in all the old crowd, but they'll have some newer crowd. Maybe it'll be their sons. Maybe, Chris, maybe the fucking baby's grown up. Dana's baby. Yeah, <laughs> you know, true, he'll, true. he'll take over the baton now. He's, he's got his own law firm or something. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I'm hopeful. You know, this, this, this next Ghostbusters movie that's going to come out, the, it's not going to be like like the, what I think this movie is, where it's a rushed script or it feels like yeah. a rushed script. You know, they've had a lot of time for this. And, you know, I think they have a lot more iterations with different writers, you know, and they'll have script doctors that look at these things. So I'm quietly confident. I, I think the new one will be good and I, I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. But um, yeah, just I, I, I must admit, I'm a bit, bit disappointed with how this one has stood up for me, and and just in a in a completely different way. You know, we talked about the first one and Bankman and and that kind of thing, but but this one is just it's just not very good. You know, it's just there's no new ideas, really, is there? Uh, there are no no new ideas. Uh, it just seems to be it's trying to tell a weak kind of story about, you know, be nicer to each other, be happier, you know, through this whole mood slime thing. And yeah, yeah, just all a bit shit. I, and again, just so many things don't make sense. I mean, at, at the end there, you had the little painting of the Ghostbusters, you know, in place of this horrible Vigo, you know, this uh, character's gone, he's been zapped. And then you inexplicably have this painting of, of the Ghostbusters there and the baby. It just yeah. makes no sense, does it? No, it doesn't, to be honest. And I think you're right. I, the more you talk about it, it's literally a rinse and repeat of the first movie, isn't it? Pretty much. The same yeah. Sigourney Weaver, Peter Venkman. We've got a big bloody Statue of Liberty this time. Not, uh, not Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, which obviously was a baddie at the time. I think, I think they executed better in the first one. I, t- I tell you who's better in this, Chris. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is good. And, and, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, he is good, actually. He is, we, didn't give him, we haven't even talked about him as Lewis. No, and he, no. And he, he, he is good in it, to be fair, Dev. I'll give you credit on that. You're right. And, and I'll be honest, Dev, not about you, but I have a bit of a crush on his girlfriend, you know. On Janine. Yeah. <laughs> she's really When she's got that little glass ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep. Yeah. yeah, so again, Janine's kind of look. They kind of took that more from the uh, the real Ghostbusters, the animated series. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you there, Chris. I was thinking that myself. Yeah, uh, I don't I, I don't remember personally liking it when I was a kid. But 42 year old Chris is like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I think when you were a kid, she was much older, whereas now she's younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. That's a very good point, Dave. So, Dave, shall we get into our scores? Let's go. Right, Dave, I'll go first for this one as we go into the new year. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Everything you've said, I, I can't disagree with any of it. We both think the same, to be honest. He's, like you say, Rick Moranis he gets a save at the end there. He is pretty good in it. It's just not a good movie at all. If, you, if you're into the Ghostbusters, then you'd like this. It, it's definitely well below par the first one, and I didn't like going back on the first one, sadly. I wish I'd parked it and just had the memories of it. Um I, I, the problem I've got, Dave, is I know that it's just a shit movie and I know these worst movies I've put to the bottom and, and I don't I don't know why I can't put it above it, but I think I'm just going to have to put it to the bottom, Dave. It's just going to go to... Um, it's not... It's not... Um, thing, you know, is it Dan Tweeney? Elderon. It's, 
Alderon. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I'm sending it to Alderon. At the top of Alderon, uh, to be fair, it's not absolutely horrendous, but it's just poor. And it's an hour and 40 that you can do without. So if you've not seen it for ages, unless you're like our good mate Scott, who loves Ghostbusters, don't fucking bother because it just is proper shit on toast for me. It really is. Um, so what about yourself, Dave? I think you've been a, a. I think you've been particularly harsh there. Now I think, even though I've not really had a, a great deal to say to it, to say about this movie at all, I don't think it deserves to be locked away and never seen again. With that said, I'm personally probably never going to watch it again. <laughs> if <laughs> if I want my Ghostbusters fix, I'll watch the first one. And you know what, Chris? I think he, as much stick as it gets, the 2016 one. We'd like to say, oh, Chris Helmsworth's in it, isn't it? But, you know, the Ghostbusters, the ladies, you've got Melissa McCarthy in there. I think I'd watch that one before this one. I think it's genuinely a better movie. Yeah. And there's just nothing really about this one that's that's original. It's just like a, a diluted pale imitation of the first one and so yeah i don't think it should be locked away never to be seen by anyone again but uh i i, I don't think it's very good so for me it's going to elm street cool cool i, I was humming and ahhing dave I, I genuinely was but i just think it's piss poor to be honest but yes I, I have no complaints with that so dave what a year we've had and like i say if you are one of our patrons get over there if you've not listened to it yet guys and uh, give a listen to our year in review and our sing-along and if you just want the sing-along get over to our youtube channel the vhs strikes back dave thank you mate because we've done an episode every single week we have not missed the podcast you know what me and you were like once we've committed we're committed so we've had 52 episodes pretty much this year bang on the money and we've had some atrocious movies that i have stitched you up you stitched me up fucking john's even got in on the act and glenn have have done us dave and even our good friends from the predator minute podcast dave so these people who are patreons as much as we love and love your support they're getting on on the act now dave as well so all i'll say to you is bring it fucking on give us more of this nonsense because as much as we love a blockbuster we also love the shit because that i think is when we're at our best when we're roasting summit sometimes dave we absolutely do. And again, thanks again to our Patreons, our executive producers for this episode. So John and Jeff across at the Predator Minute podcast. We've got Brent from the Cinema Chat podcast. We've got John Hammond and we've got Tony Farina as well, of course, from Indie Comics Spotlight. Now, Chris, you say bring it on for next week. We did get a little tip off. This was a movie that I'd never personally seen, but when we did the Movie Chef podcast, they mentioned a little movie starring Rowdy Roddy Piper called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, my God. Is that what we'll do next week? I've not even checked the diary. Dave, you are a see you next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) You did say bring it on. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it means I've got to fucking watch it now. Oh, no. Right. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, Miss. Because I love a bit of Rowdy Roddy Piper, wrestling legend, Dave. So, yeah, I can live with that. And and the thing is, I did look in the calendar, and, and it's just actually next week is down as Chris's pick. But since you haven't picked one yet, I think we'll do Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> and then before we record next week, you've, you've got to figure out what your pick I, is. I promise <laughs> I, I promise everybody I'll pick something good for my first pick of the year. Because we started off last year with No Shit No Surrender 3. So we're starting off with Hell Comes to Frogtown. So <laughs> I won't be too bad on you guys. I'll pick something that I love. And uh, I've got a few cogs going already, Dave. So leave it with me. And you, Mr. Horrocks, will have my pick very, very soon. Reflect for a moment on the art of cinema. Think of a motion picture like The Last Emperor and the nine Academy Awards it so richly deserved. Consider the profound emotional experience of a truly great film. Then forget it, sweetheart. Yes, better blow it out your exhaust pipe, cinema lover, because here comes fun with hair on it. Oh, that's disgusting. You're going to see the biggest piece of shattering entertainment that ever molested your sensibilities. That sounds great. 
Want a plot? Here it is. It's the end of the 20th century, and mankind has blown its wad. <laughs> the fate of humanity rests in the groin of one man. Their leader, Commander Toady, has kidnapped some pilgrims who wandered into their territory. We're going to get them out, and then you're going to get them pregnant. Yes, if you want a brilliant film, you can go right to... We're going to Frogtown. Hell comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Starring wrestling superstar, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> Move over, Mr. Mel Gibson and Mr. Robert De Niro. Here comes acting talent and sensitivity like you've never seen. You are one weird dude. And speaking of talent... Turn green, Ms. Meryl Streep. Here's Sandal Bergman, the exquisite star of Red Sonia and Conan the Barbarian. Hell comes to Frogtown. A story of mutant sex and people like you and me. It's hot. It's wet. And it's bad. It's hell comes to Frogtown. Nice, nice. All right, mate. Well, thanks very much for the year. All our listeners, all our Patreons, have a great new year. Um, however you're going to celebrate it, let's hope 2021 is a fuckload better than 2020. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's night. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you're crazy. 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 You're